0: Absolutely. It depends on the uh, C.O.R. of the flagstick, so the Co-Vision Restitution flagstick. In U.S. Opens, I'll take it out,
1: and uh, every other tour event, when it's uh, fiberglass, I'll leave it in and bounce that ball against the flagstick if I need to.
0: The game of golf is more than a sport. It's a lifestyle. Blue skies, bright sun, the walk, good friends, and the shots that keep you coming back. That is golf. Iconic, vintage, classic. Eagles and Arrows didn't create the look; they've only perfected it. Eagles and Arrows provides the classic American golf look with a modern spin. Hats, gloves, club head covers, and my favorite, the vintage American carry bag, are some of the amazing items you can find at EaglesandArrows.com. Follow them on Instagram at EaglesandArrowsCo. That's Eagles and Arrows Company Co on Instagram. Love golf, live life. Eagles and Arrows. Welcome back, podcast patrons, to another episode of Leave the Pin Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dan, and I got my co host with me, Scott. Scott, how much weight did you put on over the quarantine, and how much further are you hitting the ball right now?
1: Um, I don't know if I'm hitting it any further. Uh, I've actually lost weight during quarantine. So, uh, you know, maybe I'm not bulking up like Bryson, but I, I could have used to, you know, lose a few pounds. So it works for me.
0: All right, well, don't tell Triple B that. Big boy Bryson goes out, does things his way, like Sid Vicious and Frank Sinatra, and uh playing murder ball off the tee. We know all about that. And walking around looking like a stuffed sausage. Needs shirts that are a little bit bigger, not going to lie. Love you, Bryson, but bottom line is they don't fit too well anymore. Mm-hmm. Um Scott, Golf.com had an article that said, has Bryson cracked the code of golf? Um. As long back as I can remember, if you hit the ball further and you still hit it straight, golf becomes easier. Not much to that.
1: No. And that's, it's interesting because, you know, Jack hit it further than Arnie, you know, tiger hit it further than anyone. Um, So, you know, there you go. It's, it's to be great. That's the beginnings of, you know, where, where greatness is going to start. And then, Obviously, things are going to evolve around you, um, but yeah, hit it further, win more. That's pretty much the formula. It does not take a rocket scientist like Bryson to figure that out.
0: Yes. (laughs) Well, maybe it did take Bryson, the rocket scientist, to figure that out. You know, it's funny. You always hear that old adage, um, drive for show, putt for dough. And we know that that is complete BS nowadays because you can make the most ground on the field By being the leader in strokes gained driving, right? That is where the money is made. And while Bryson was tops in strokes gained putting and driving this week, it is very rare to see the guy that's leading in strokes gained putting in the lead of a tournament. More than likely, we see the guy with the lead of strokes gained driving. They are turning these old courses obsolete, they're turning these 7,500 courses into pitch and putts. Okay. Frank Thomas of the USGA back in the day needed to do something about it. He didn't do anything about it. The biggest joke that golf ever did or ever played on itself was to lengthen these courses to tiger proof everything. Because what did that do, Scott?
1: It just gave the long hitters an advantage.
0: Exactly. Like it's insane. It's insane to think that if you added 800 yards to a course, that that's going to punish the longest guy. All it's going to do is make the little guy completely obsolete because I'm going to be closer with a wedge and a nine iron than you're going to be with a three iron or a hybrid. Like it's common sense. And I cannot believe 20, 30 years ago that this was not thought of. Where was the foresight?
1: Uh, there's there's never any foresight into anything, so there's that. I, I will say, you know, if you look at the top of the leaderboard, you know, you have Bryson and, and Matthew Wolf, who are both, you know, bombers. And then in third place you had Kevin Kisner who's not. So but you look at it, you know, he came in third, he finished five strokes back. Right. So and
0: and, and let's be honest, he played his butt off thursday through saturday like he needed to play flawless in order to get to that point right those other guys like like wolf played like crap on sunday yes and still you know was able to finish close to the lead No, exactly because that that margin of error is there when you hit the ball that long i mean look look at phil's entire career like phil's never been a great driver of the ball but he murders it everywhere and then just finds it and goes right back and hits it again.
1: Yep. So let me ask you a, a, a question before we, we move on. It, do you think anyone's playing better golf than Bryson since uh, we've returned from, from COVID?
0: No, I mean, it, it, it's No. Right, he's do got what four top eights and a win, or four top tens and a win. There's no you, one out there playing better.
1: Do you want to hear his finishes since June 11th at Colonial?
0: Yeah. Now I'm gonna. I don't. I don't have them in front of me. Um, I, but I'm I gonna to guess it's ten, eight, five, and one, something along those lines.
1: Uh, it's that's close. So he finished third at the Charles Schwab. He finished eighth. At the RBC, he finished sixth at the Travelers, and then the win yesterday, or the win at the
0: Rocket Mortgage. I mean, let's let's make no bones about it. That is a career for some people. Like for a journeyman golfer, that's a career. Scott, this dude's doing Mm. it four weeks in a row, one month removed from quarantine.
1: Yeah, no, it's 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 a really good stretch of golf, and. If he's found something, he was pretty good to begin with. If this is something that is going to continue and it's not just a, a hot streak, I mean, who knows? Uh, you know, could he, you know, maybe be someone who goes on a run and wins a bunch of majors.
0: You think or, this turns into like a Jordan Speeth year for him?
1: I, I mean it has the makings of it right now. Right. I ultimately I think we both know this is the way golf tends to go. People get really hot and they have it for a while and then they lose it.
0: Correct. And, and you know, my, my buddy Jay Day, who I play a lot of golf with, not the Australian Jay Day who falls down with vertigo, the Jay Day who's in better shape than that. Um, hates Bryson. Can't stand him. Right. And I always kind of bust him because obviously, I mean, the dude's the patron saint of leave the pin. That's our boy. Um, But he said, Dan, honestly, how long can he keep this up for? And I'm going to say that as long as his body holds up, he can keep this up. Now, if you watch new Bryson body type compared to old and new Bryson swing speed compared to old, it is a very violent move that he's making. Could he have done this, Scott, during a typical calendar year when he's playing 28 to 35 times, I'm not sure. But with this sprint towards the end, I think he can hold this up. Like, I think this could be Bryson's player of the year because of how truncated this entire season has become with these, you know, obviously we're shrinking everything down now to two, three months, right? I I understand the stuff that happened before quarantine, but let's be honest, no majors were played, and that's still kind of considered silly season a little bit. But in the bulk of the season right now, with it being such a sprint, I I think Bryson can hold up.
1: So I I actually just went back a little bit further. Prior to the players, which, as you know, got canceled, uh, he had finished. And I'm going to start with – well, I'll go back to the beginning of the year. So he misses – the cut at the Green Briar, which I guess was the first tournament of the 1920 season. Uh, then he finishes 13th at the Safeway, fourth at the Shriners, 15th at the Hero World Challenge, which that doesn't even really count.
0: That's basically the last place.
1: Yeah. Uh, 52nd at the Waste Management, and then he goes on a tear. So he finishes fifth at the Genesis, second at the Mexico WGC, fourth at the arnold palmer invitational and then the travelers gets canceled and then he goes on the run that we just talked about so he has in 11 events made 10 cuts has nine top 25s and eight top 10s
0: and and the win right i mean literally stop the season now player of the year Last right. week at Rocket Mortgage, just to show how dominant hitting the ball far is. And I've I've taken up that mindset, Scott. I've been playing murder ball all year. Now, my murder ball is 250, 260 off the tee. You know, when my normal swings is like 225 to 230. His murder ball is plus 350. Ready? 16 drives of over 350 yards last week.
1: Hmm that's crazy
0: the next closest competitor Matt wolf with seven
1: yeah I mean that's the that, that, that's huge that's huge so Bryson is one of only two players who are gaining a, a stroke plus off the tee. and the other is Cameron champ so who hits the ball a mile
0: right so, I mean, so so there you go. It's the bottom line. Hit the ball further, be better. Exactly. All right. So, I mean, look, it, it, it was a great week. He killed it. First guy in the shot link error to lead in strokes gain off the tee, as well as strokes gained on the greens. Speaking about the greens, Scott, we're going back-to-back weeks at Muirfield. Uh, something the tour really hasn't ever done. The last time I can remember this happening is the 14, I believe, U.S. Open at Pinehurst, where they played the women's first, and then the men on Pinehurst, number two. So the PJ Tour is doing it. They're going to Muirfield, Jack's Village, right, in Ohio, and they're playing the Workday Open, which is this week, and then next week they're playing the Memorial. So the Workday Charity Open is this week. The only difference is the Greens are going to be running at about an 11 this week compared to... The Memorial next week, where the greens will be running approximately a 13, we can assume that the rough will be a little bit longer during Muirfield, given an extra week to grow, maybe quarter to half an inch. It'll be a little bit thicker. With the faster greens comes limited pin placements because you can't cut anything to a slope like you can on a green that's running an 11. Um, out of curiosity, which which setup do you prefer. Do you like a course that is playing a little bit slower on the greens and you can get a little bit trickier with the whole locations, or do you like kind of firm and fast greens?
1: Um, I personally like uh firm and fast greens because tricky whole locations for me, I, I have a hard time, you know, green reading uh because of my vision. But, you know, uh, I think it'll be interesting to have them the two tournaments played back-to-back and have those differences and see how the the best players in the world react to the situation.
0: Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see if someone catches fire this week, conceivably. I mean, they could win the tournament on Sunday, basically skip the practice round Monday if they wanted because, hell, they know the course, play nine on Tuesday, nine on Wednesday, and get right back at it again on on Thursday you we might have at least a good chance of having a back-to-back winner
1: yeah and it's interesting because most of the time you don't get first of all they've never done back-to-back at the same course obviously but most of the time you don't even get the the tournament at the same course you know twice in one year uh you know the most of the time If a a major is scheduled for a regular tour stop, they move that tour stop Uh, with the exception of Pebble Beach, which, you know, they always have the Pro-Am and then obviously that's part of the U.S. Open rotation and they'll play both there. But, you know, and even then Pebble Beach is only, you know, part of the the rotation of that tournament. So this is uh, this is going to be fun. It's going to be different and it's I think it's going to be interesting.
0: Yeah, a big hats off and shout out to the grounds crew there. I mean, they're going to be working their butts off because we know how difficult it is for a course to freshen itself back up and and come back after a tournament's played. I think it does help them that they have the slower greens running the first week and then faster the second week. If it was reverse, I'm not sure that they could get the course back from it being on the edge there.
1: Yeah, and I also don't know how doable this would be if fans were allowed.
0: Yeah, that's another thing. So originally, Muirfield was supposed to be the site of the first fans of the PGA Tour. Jack's tournament was was supposedly allowed to hold eight thousand fans, which was a quarter of the normal uh, gate revenue for the week. Normally, they get about thirty-two thousand fans a day. They said they were going to hold eight. You know, that'll give them some ability to distance, et cetera, et cetera. Even though we know that you know people out there are not doing that anyway, for the most part. Um, Do it, hmm. people. Um, you know, I would like things to go back to normal, so just do your part. Uh, but the tour and the memorial, as as I think they should have decided, that fans are not allowed. And I was talking with Mike Creed, our buddy who caddies out on the Corn Ferry Tour, and uh, you know, he said he said the players like it, you know. And and quite honestly, Scott, sitting from home, I don't know notice much of a difference to you when you're watching it on TV.
1: No, uh, there's really no from the uh, perspective of sitting at home, watching it on TV, there's really no difference. Uh, Again, for the most part, watching it on TV, the crowd's just a nuisance. Um, So, you know, would it be kind of cool to have some of the crowd reactions on a, you know, a crazy putt or a really good shot? Yeah. Um, But I don't feel like it's really missing a whole lot by the crowds not being there from my perspective, you know, sitting here on my chair at home.
0: No, I I liken it to this. If you've ever been to a practice round Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it's basically like watching a practice round. Things are nice and quiet. There's there's no drunk, uh, you know, frat boy or or drunk, you know, mid twenties, early thirties dude who got away from his family for the day and decides to liquor up at the hospitality tent and then just start yelling stuff behind the 18th green. Um, you know, it's 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 enjoyable to watch. The one thing I wish, and CBS did this last week, which just drove me nuts, is don't talk over the players and the caddies. Let them speak. Like, that's what I want to hear. You know, I don't want to hear you pontificating about this next putt or, or giving me some BS information that I know because I've been watching golf my whole life. And you say the same thing every year when they come to Memorial. Right. Right? How many no, times but- do I need to hear about the milkshakes there? They're good. I get it.
1: here's Here's the question. Do you think they will have the milkshakes both weeks? Or is that no. a a memorial tournament special only?
0: I think it's a memorial tournament special only. And unless workday gets Phil Mickelson to you know to to talk to Jack, I don't think those milkshakes come out. Now, maybe it's just a Muirfield Village thing. And it's not necessarily the memorial, and then I would go with yes.
1: But well, I'm pretty sure it's a, a Muirfield thing, but do they just cut it off?
0: I, I say yeah. You know why? Because Jack I, wants the memorial to be special. Brennan Steele told me the chocolate milkshake there is literally the greatest thing he's ever had in his life. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure.
1: That's what I'm, I'm saying. Not, I, I don't even I don't even think Jack shows up this week.
0: You know, you made an interesting point. You said that. And you got to figure, Jack is what, 76 now? 80? How old is he? Uh, you got to look that up they,
1: for me. Got to be like 80.
0: He just had a birthday. But anyway, yeah, I mean, if I was Jack, I mean, we've had seven guys test positive already. Now, granted, those guys are not playing. Some of them are back, like Camp Champ. Um, but... That's a dicey situation for, you know, someone his and, and Barbara's age. I yep. say he presents the trophy remotely.
1: Ah, interesting. Okay. Interesting. So you're saying he's not going to show up next week either?
0: No, he's not going to show up this week because this is a workday thing. So they're going to have yeah. some, some you know, goof in a suit with a tie talking about all the sponsorship that no one wants to hear, but they paid ten mil. To host this tournament, and CBS has to put them on. That's the only reason, right? That, you know, some idiot's going to talk this week, but next week, no, I don't. I maybe he may. I don't know, Scott. I I don't know. I mean, if I'm Jack Nicholas, and I'm an and I'm an icon, and and I'm around, you know, so many young people. Which, yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Can you really tell what they're doing once they leave the course? No, you know, and it's like. It's a I, look, Jack. Don't go. The one year is not going to kill anybody. Don't go. Your life is too important.
1: Okay, so if if Jack is listening to this podcast, I I hope he does take your advice.
0: Jack Nicholas is eighty years old now. Mm-hmm. All right, he's born January twenty first, nineteen forty. Happy eightieth, Jack. Yeah, don't don't go. Stay at home. Just. Do it over Zoom. Have the grandkids show you how to do it. You know, record something for the television people remotely beforehand. Hey, congratulations to the winner or something like that. But you don't need to be there.
1: No, I agree.
0: You know, why put yourself in in harm's way? Um, so we we talked a little bit, Scott, you know, about how— The golf looks when we're watching it at home and quite honestly i think it's pretty good i really have no complaints i don't know what baseball is going to look like with no fans i certainly don't know what you know basketball if they even get to it is going to look like a scrimmage honestly but i've got a question for you what do you like better did you like those did you like those made for tv matches that we had during the whole shutdown and quarantine better or do you like the way golf is presented now, where we're basically going right back to status quo, just minus no fans.
1: um Well, that was... Uh, so here's the thing. Golf needed a, a change to begin with. So uh, personally, uh, again, not having the fans, having the fans there, it is still essentially the same game. Um, and that has its positives and negatives. Positives being... You know, at times it's still exciting, and at times it's still not exciting. Uh, The made-for-TV matches are cool because they're novelty. And we've talked about it before. The PGA Tour would be wise to find a way to promote these types of events. Again, uh, you want to get your stars out there. Um, And the more you can do that by offering them money and making it something where maybe they don't need to show up and play for four days and participate in a pro-am and have to grind through practice rounds. Listen, how often do we see Tiger?
0: Twelve times a year now, basically. At
1: best. At best, right? So you know what? The PGA Tour, if you're Tiger, right? And again, not that he needs money, but if the PGA Tour is like, listen, we want to run this event. Um, we really like you to participate. There's a $5 million appearance fee, plus, you know, you have the opportunity to earn X amount of dollars. And all you got to do is show up and play, you know, uh, an 18 hole match against Phil or Rory or someone like that. You interested?
0: Yeah I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm interested in that,
1: dude. Right? So the, the PGA Tour can essentially market itself uh, similar to the way like boxing, you know, or, or any other individual sport markets itself and have, in addition to, you know, its regular routine events, how do we get our big stars out there? Okay, well, let's have them just play off against each other here and there. So, you know, uh, you know, not as like, obviously, it's not an opposite field event, but it essentially would become an opposite field event. So and you don't need to do it all the time. Pick bigger tournaments or weeks where there's not a lot going on in the sports world and say, okay, on this Saturday at three o'clock, you know, live from whatever course you want, uh, Tiger and Phil are going to play an 18 hole match for you know, $2 million. I okay. think it's a,
0: it's a win-win awesome. all around.
1: Awesome. And it gives you an opportunity to uh, also put out, you know, some of your bigger stars, uh, not just Tiger and Phil, some of your younger guys too, your up-and-coming guys. I, I mean, who wouldn't, if you're a big golf fan, want to see, you know, the, let's say, Justin Thomas Rory McIlroy match you know market it like boxing does and have a main event you don't have to do it on pay-per-view but you'd get significant advertising revenue just go for it do it in prime time even
0: all right so you and I love golf right yeah you and I watch golf probably more than even the average golf junkie correct
1: Uh, I would say so yes
0: okay so, I'm going to watch regardless. Most people are going to watch regardless. How do we coax these newer fans in when there's no sports on TV? Doing things like you just said. Last week, we had Bubba um, in the charity event with... Uh, oh, now, my of course, my mind's going blank. Um,
1: oh, it was Bubba and... Oh, great. Gosh,
0: that's all. I'm awesome. with you. Yeah. Um I wasn't
1: that into it, so.
0: Yeah, I, I watched it. Um, Harold, uh, whatchamacallit, Harold Varner III. Harold yeah. yeah, versus uh, Jay Day and, uh, oh, God, uh, uh, Wesley Bryant. I think it was. Maybe it wasn't Wesley Bryant. I think it was, though. It one. was it, Wesley Bryant. It was. Okay, yeah. Sorry, people. That took. I, it's not right in front of me. Sorry. So um, that was different, right? That was done on a practice day. It was for charity. You got to see the personalities. Now, look, love him, hate him. At heart, I think Bubba's a good dude. I think he's been misguided in life. I think some of the things that he believes might be a little bit off base um, and not grounded in reality, but I think at heart he's a good dude. Harold Varner seems like a hilarious guy. Jay Day seems like a dude that you could bust on for eighteen holes, have fun with. he takes it, and kind of it rolls off his back. doesn't care. Multimillionaire, right? Nothing he doesn't sweat anything. it was it was a real fun look into a money game practice round that these guys do. And it was different. It wasn't um Faldo, you know, telling me, or I mean Faldo doesn't tell me anything honestly. All Faldo does is spout off about the most ridiculous stuff. But you know it wasn't Dottie Pepper telling me about the line to a hole or something like that. You know that stuff gets boring after a while. We've been doing golf the same way for for essentially 50 years. You know, like golf commentary has not changed. It's stale. I'm not sh- saying to to shake it up and and drop an atomic bomb on it and change it completely. There's a population that likes hearing that from people right but then there's also a group of people that want some more behind the scenes type stuff and i think that wednesday charity practice round gave it to us it was nine holes it was two hours it was quick easy to digest right let's be honest you and i watch a ton of golf but are we watching all day long no you can't do that if I sit down and I commit to a Major League Baseball game, at least I know it's nine innings. It's going to take me three hours, three hours and 15 minutes or so. Same thing for a football game, right? Three and a half hours. NBA game, 245, 250. This was an even smaller tidbit of a digestible two hours, in and out, nine holes. I saw great shots. I got to hear the players talk with each other. I got to hear some you know, interesting tidbits from the announcers but they really kind of let the players run the show and it was relaxed. It was low key. I think it's what Uh, golf needs. Again, I I
1: always go back to the par three contest at Augusta for sure. Do that. Just take that, take three guys, four guys who are fun, put them out there and let them have a good time. Mic them up, have a, have someone who has who has knowledge of golf, who's entertaining. Have them be the on-course reporter. Maybe you have a guy in the booth and just do that.
0: Now, what's the best way to build up stars in your league? It's to get them in front of the television, right? Of course. Okay. So just looking at the list of players this week. And I'm going to take guys that, you know, people don't know anything about. And honestly, people, you don't know much about most of the pros anyway. But at least you you get a little bit of insight into Ricky, into Bubba, you know, um, into JT, you know, even guys like Jason Duffner. You know a little bit about because they've been in front of your TV before, right? Tell mm-hmm. me something about Troy Merritt. <laughs> uh,
1: Troy Merritt. I-
0: Tell me something about Patrick Rogers, who's playing this oh, week. Patrick
1: Rogers went to Stanford. That's as far as I go with
0: him. Right? Tell me something about, you know, Adam Long or Richie Werensky. Like, how are we to get to know these guys besides just field fillers if they're not put in front of the television? If if we're not ever given a chance to find out about them and know who they are.
1: Nope. And that's so, and that becomes the, the problem. It's okay. Well, who's in the lead at this tournament? Oh, Adam long. I've never heard of him. I'm not turning that on as opposed to who's in the lead. Oh, Phil, let's, you know, get a couple friends together and go out and get some drinks and watch it in a pre COVID world. Of course.
0: For sure. So many of these guys have such amazing stories, which we will never get to know because maybe they're not finishing top 5 every week right? right and and if they don't finish top 5 then then none of the attention is put on them none of the spotlight is put on them which sucks because these stories are phenomenal um last week uh, his name escapes me it's going to come to me of course you know in like 5 minutes um but i was talking with with my creators out corn ferry tour obviously and one of the guys, literally, two weeks before, was stocking the shelves at a Publix. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you know, that's that's insane.
1: But, again, that's because some of these guys, you know, they're, they're either doing this or they're doing something else. And something else is a lot more likely and a lot more stable.
0: Yes, you know. it was Eric Barnes. Okay. Okay, so Eric Barnes, who was leading the event at one point, finishes tie for third, you know, ends up making it into this week, into San Antonio. Uh, you basically have him kind of finishing high enough each week to make it into the previous or into the, you know, the forthcoming week. And a dude who literally, literally was waking up at 5 a.m. Stocking shelves, then going to hit balls for three, four hours right like how yeah. how how can you not get behind that story?
1: no and and so and that's the thing. some of the the you know guys are you know who go out and try Monday qualify are are club pros, you know, and their their life is golf uh and again, you know it's cool when one of them makes it in. It's even cooler to hear about you know Eric Barnes, you know clean up an aisle five one week and next week, you know finishing, you know, top five in a tournament.
0: Yeah. I mean and and you mentioned the the Monday qualifying. The Monday qualifying route is is beyond insane. And I, I say it all the time and, and anybody that's in professional golf will back me up that it is literally the hardest professional sport to, you know, crack into, if you will. And even in, when you do Crack into the big time, you're not guaranteed anything. You're you're playing for your livelihood each and every week. I want to give you a little insight. This is only the Corn Ferry Tour. This is not even a PGA Tour Monday qualifier. Okay, this is Corn Ferry Tour Monday qualifier to get into San Antonio this week. They're playing back-to-back weeks in San Antonio, two different courses. Nine under par got in. Four people shot nine under par to get into the San Antonio event. Now, you're paying anywhere between 150 to 500 bucks, depending on your status, what class you are within the PGA, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, you are not getting anything for getting into the tournament. You are only winning the Monday qualifier in order to then go play in the San Antonio event. You're not have to
1: make the cut to make money.
0: Yeah, right. You're not guaranteed to make the cut. You then have to play well again. Now, Stephen am put it great when he said that literally every single pro is five rounds in a row away from, you know, making it, if you will, quote unquote. And what he meant by that is winning a Monday qualifier and then playing four good rounds in that event and winning that event. And we know historically that if you win on the Corn Ferry tour the next year, you will be within the top twenty-five and get your PGA tour card. That again does not guarantee you anything. Because you still have to get into the high part of the reshuffle. You're not into every event. When you get into an event, you have to play your butt off to even get into the next week's event if you're not in. You know, it's just it's 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 almost like you know, there's a professional golf God and he's just holding his finger down on all these amazing tour pros that given the opportunity could be pretty damn good. But there's only so much room. So now three people that I know that we've had on the pod or I've met and, and, you know, still keep in touch with at tournaments played in that qualifier in San Antonio. Byron Meth shot five under par. Steven I'm shoot six under par. Danny Walker right, shoots seven under par. Every single one of those people did not get in
1: that. And that's, that's the craziest thing is that you go out there and you shoot around like that. You think you're getting in and you're not. So you went out there, you played, you know, played your heart out, played great. And a bunch of guys played a lot better And they're in, and you're going home.
0: You know, and the crazy thing is, a day before, a day after, you know, you shooting that seven under, that might have been good enough to get you in. But on that particular day, four other dudes went 63 to get in. Imagine someone telling you, Scott, hey, you're going to shoot 64, 65 on a Monday qualifier for a Corn Ferry tour event. Would you take it right now? I, I, Guaranteed, ninety-five percent of the people will be like, absolutely. I think you absolutely. have to. I will sign that call- card, and I'm, I'm out. I'll sit and wait, and my ticket is punched for that San Antonio event. And up, my, my bad, it's not because seven people played better than you.
1: Right, and that just gives you an idea of the quality of golf that's out there, because these aren't these aren't even people who are qualifying into PGA Tour events.
0: Correct. These They're are qualifying it for
1: the do. next right. level down and Correct. shooting. 64 and not making it
0: yeah it's uh you know i was playing with tyler the creator we played up at jack frost um you know he's always a hilarious good time and he was getting frustrated so we we play a little game where i'm a seven handicap he's a 21 i give him 14 strokes we play match play okay so obviously he strokes on the first 14 handicap holes but then we also play an additional game where we do putts per hole so it's basically lowest amount of putts wins, and that's a separate side bet. And that's something that he can really kind of compete at, even if he's Mm -hmm. out, you know, in terms of of, um, strokes or match play, or I close him out. Right. Yeah, he got, you know, kind of real frustrated or so, and then said, man, I saw some of those, you know, videos on Instagram story posts. like, I'm so mad at myself, like, excuse me, the way I played. And I said, Tyler, you've got to understand something, man. Everybody that plays golf sucks. And I know people right now are saying like, well, that's not true. Like, I'll kick your butt, dude. You stink. Like, I'll go out and shoot a 75. That's awesome. Like, it's you shooting 75 on a 66, 6,700-yard course, that's great, dude. But compared to someone at the next level, you suck, right? There's always Mm -hmm. someone that you're always going to suck at golf compared to. And I think it's just making an honest comparison. Like, if you're going to say... And I I see this a lot, you know, with with good guys whose handicaps don't travel. Maybe they're a one, maybe they're a two. Maybe they're in a plus one at their own home course. And they play from 65, 6,600 yards. Say, man, you know what? If I was 10 yards longer, like one good week, I could probably make it on tour. No, no. No, you can't. No, you Mm -hmm. can't. No. Not even close. Like, you're not even in the same... Stratosphere, you're not even the same universe as what these guys are doing. You know, more proof to the fact that I think I looked real quick, but I think 67 guys in that qualifier broke par. Mm. Right? 67 tour pros playing at a course that was about 7,350 yards long with pin placements that you've probably never seen in your entire life, with greens probably running. Faster than you ever played in your entire life, and sixty-seven of those guys broke par under tournament conditions and four made it into the event.
1: Oh yeah. Well and that that's like me saying, Oh well, if I didn't, you know, if I didn't three putt five times, I could have broke eighty. Of course. Okay. Oh, right. Great. But if it's did. that easy to do, then just do it.
0: You that's know? It right don't it, talk about it be about it exactly
1: exactly and the, your point about everyone sucks at golf it, it's it's such a good point and it's something that i think that's a, a a thing that people who are new to the game or people who you know kind of dabble in it you know they need to understand a little bit more cuz like I, I we've i've talked about mike uh, a lot my my buddy mike uh he you know, every time we go out to a course, just like, yeah, yeah, I hope we get paired up with cool guys. I'm not very good. I'm not very good, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, a lot of times we're like, listen, Mike, honestly, nobody's any good. Um, and there's a good chance that I'm the best golfer in our group. So don't even feel bad about it because it'll be fine. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So that that's a conversation that sometimes you just need to have with your friends who are sort of golfers.
0: Yeah, I feel, you know what, I, I feel very bad for people that only judge themselves as golfers based on their score. Yep. Right, it's a very sad thing because I think you miss so much with the game. If the only thing you're worried about is what you're putting down after every hole or, or what it adds up to after 18 holes. That's a sad existence within the game.
1: Yep. In the end, go, go out, have a good time with your friend's keep score. Don't keep score. Uh, you know, whatever, uh, you know, whatever's fun for you go out and have that fun. If that means, you know, you, you hit a couple shots and you're like, whatever, I'm not making it through this hole and you just pick up and just kind of hang out. Then that's, what's fun for you. Keep doing that. Don't torture yourself over a hole that you're struggling on. Just move on.
0: That's it. That's it. Speaking of moving on, um, what percentage chance you think we see fans at any point during the year at a tour event?
1: Uh, any point in the 2020 calendar year?
0: Yes. Yeah, let's just go ju- just this actual calendar year.
1: Um. Zero.
0: Yeah, I don't see it happening either, buddy. I really don't.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, well, I guess maybe there's a possibility that uh, a place like Wingfoot lets its members in if they're allowed to do so. Yeah, um, same deal with Augusta, you know, something like that might happen. Where they're like, you know, okay it's you know this is not a, a hot spot you know we only have X amount of members it's only going to be them and their family and we know we can limit it that way. So I the winged foot thing I think is a, a legitimate possibility
0: as we move into the fall, do you think we're gonna even have, the events like the cj cup at nine bridges um in korea the zozo no. in japan the wgc hsbc no in china
1: no one's leaving the country
0: yeah yeah that's an entire month of the schedule october 15th through november 1st gone and then you know you look at the schedule and the rest of the time down they're like you're in You know, you're in Vegas, you're in Georgia. Georgia just declared, I know it's a while off, right? But Georgia just declared a state of emergency. Then in December, like, you're in Mexico, you're in Bahamas, and then, like, you're back to Florida again. I just, I I don't know, man. I really don't know what's going to happen after the U.S. Open, you know, because I can't see, I really, I can't see the Ryder Cup going on at this point
1: ah no that that's i that's getting put up put off
0: so So i i I can't i I
1: can't see that happening either they'll go back to their odd year schedule
0: yeah right which which you know after september 11th obviously we've been going to even years because of that um you know because it was supposed to happen um in september of 2001 and then we postponed until 2002 so that's why we're on the even year schedule now but yeah i i agree with you and uh you know, and honestly, if let me throw one more scenario before we, we wrap up today. What if things blow up again, right, and and professional sports have to end? And let's say they end, I don't know, let me just kind of give something fair. Let, let, let's say they end like, um, I don't know, maybe sometime around the Northern Trust or the Wyndham, you know, mid to late August or so, um, regardless of who wins the PGA Championship. Do you think Bryson's a shoe-in for player of the year after what he's done in this last week?
1: So I think, first of all, I think there's a chance he wins again um, just based on the way he's been playing.
0: Yeah, and then sorry to interrupt, but let me ask you this too. Let me forget that question. What do you think about all these morons pushing Bryson in as the number one favorite to win every major now?
1: Um, well, first of all, you know how I feel about that. I know Rory's, Rory's winning every major. Um, cause again, I, I'm not getting off that train. Um, but I don't think the, those people realize how hard it is to win a single major. Um, much less more than one in a year.
0: You know, I, I hate Vegas odds cause all they do, especially in golf is whoever is currently playing well, that person is just, like, always slotted in near the top. And then, obviously, yep. there's your Rory and Tiger and DJ, and those guys are always up there. But Bryson just happens to be flavor of the month, if you will, and he's playing great. Okay, he's a shoe-in to win the next three majors. Like, it's not how golf works.
1: Well, there's also there's the name recognition odds. Like, you know, at... Jordan Spieth the last couple of years has been playing terrible golf, but has always been kind of in like the conversation of who the betting favorites are.
0: Yeah. He's still like a 25 to one odds to win the masters.
1: Yeah. And in all honesty, the masters. Okay. I get that. Cause that that's a course where he's shown he he's, you know, can play well, but I mean, to just pop him into the PGA championship, cause he's a name, uh, you know, at those odds makes little to no sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. It's going to be wild, Scott. Oh, it's going to be wild. Um, give me but one. I, name. I do
1: think it, I do think right now, if, you know, if we were taking bets on who the betting favorite is, like you said, Bryson's the favorite to win player of the year. Yeah, it, for it, sure. It's as simple as that. Even though there are, are guys who, you know theoretically have had better seasons. Bryson's only I think fourth or fifth in the FedEx Cup. So obviously there are guys out there who are, have had better seasons. Okay. Well, let's let's see what happens going forward.
0: All right, if someone wins this week at Workday and next week at the Memorial, do they then become the betting favorite to win all the majors and player of the year?
1: Um two in a row right now. Um Again, I think they probably do. Do you know who's ahead of of Bryson's fourth, by the way? You know who's ahead of him?
0: In in what?
1: FedEx Cup points.
0: Uh JT.
1: JT's second. Rory. Rory's fifth, so he's behind him.
0: Okay. Um mm, mm. Webb?
1: Webb is number one.
0: Uh uh.
1: You're, you're not going to...
0: Oh, gonna... oh uh, Sun JM has to be up there.
1: It is Sun J M. It is, yeah. Okay.
0: Because he went off like gangbusters before we went into quarantine.
1: Yep. That's what I was going to say. I, I was about to say you're not going to know because you're not going to remember, but you're correct.
0: And he still doesn't have a house.
1: Yeah, well, he doesn't need one. He just keeps living off people's couches.
0: I mean, it's quite a life, my man. It's quite a life. Hey, you're you're going out to play today, right?
1: I, I think I am. Uh it's looking sunny, so good chance. Good chance.
0: What's the what's the prediction out there? Have you been playing much lately?
1: I've played zero.
0: Zero. So you're going to the goat track. Correct, sir. The, your local goat track. And so so what's the what's the prediction then?
1: Um what are so, we looking
0: for? What what's going to make you happy out there?
1: So it's nine holes. Um, I think the last time it was out a shot, forty-two, uh, for over the course of nine. Uh, I think I'd be happy breaking fifty.
0: Sounds good. So,
1: but uh, it's a th- this is uh, it. This course, much like um, uh, other courses we've played. If this was a course that was in better shape, the layout's actually really good.
0: Gotcha. So, yeah, yeah, put a little bit of money into it. And it's a pretty dope place.
1: The The first hole opens up. It's like a a, a shortish par five, um, which uh, it's if you hit two good shots, you can get it pretty close to the green and get a wedge up. The second hole is uh, like an uphill par three. I don't really love it, but it's a decent hole. Uh, the third, fourth holes are kind of nondescript, but then it, the, the rest of it is actually pretty interesting. There's a, a par four that it's uphill, but it's only like 265 yards. So it's, uh, that's an interesting hole. And then the last par three is pretty fun. Um, at some point, I, you and I should probably hit that place up. I think I think you'd answer, have a good time but... with it because you understand that golf doesn't need to be, you know, played on pristine, perfect grounds to have a good time.
0: Good Lord. Ain't that the truth? So i right, well, hey.
1: looking forward to it. Looking forward to it.
0: Kill it out there. Um, where I've actually posted um,
1: I've posted Insta stories in the past from this course. So
0: and there we go. May may your round be filled with uh, murder ball tee shots and holes in one.
1: Uh, probably not murder ball, but a uh, hole in one's a possibility.
0: Sounds good. Always is, right? All right, people. We'll either get busy golfing or get busy dying. All right, be good. Hey, what's good, podcast patrons? Dan from Leave the Pin here. Listen, if you want to look good on the course, if you want to hit the ball a mile and look damn good doing it, Gas House Golf is the company you need to get on board with ASAP. Gashouse Golf Newest apparel company out there, making you look fantastic. Look, the shirts are fire, the hats are fire. Everything they do, everything they touch looks great on the course. You want to stand out? You want people to notice you? want people to notice your game? Get to GasHouseGolf.com. And right now, not only are they offering free shipping, they're also giving you an amazing 15% off code. Use our code, leave the pin, get 15% off all your purchases at GasHouseGolf.com. All gas, no break, gas House golf.